0: Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Our text for our sermon is the Gospel according to St. Mark as recorded in chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogues who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is the gospel history of our Lord. When Moses led the people out of Egypt and stopped at Mount Sinai, which is also called Mount Horeb, God was speaking to the people, and the mountain shook, and the people were afraid, and they said, you you go talk to God for us, because if this keeps up, we're all going to die. We're terrified. God had spoke to Moses. God said, that's fine. I'll let you be an interceder, kind of like an attorney. I will talk to you, and you'll go talk to the people for me. You'll talk to the people, and you'll come present their stuff before me. Kind of like an attorney, like I said. Well, it's the second generation when they're about to take the promised land that Moses gives his farewell sermon in Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 15 through 20 that he tells them the Lord will raise up a prophet like him. Now there were other prophets and they did that interceding talking to the people for God, but Moses really was quite unique in that. He's pointing to a unique prophet And how much more unique is it than when God takes on our human flesh so that God can talk to God for us humans and to us humans for God? John, in his gospel, begins by telling us that Jesus is the Word, that through him all things were made and that apart from him nothing was made that has been made. Now, a prophet told people the will of God whether it was the will in the past, whether it was the will in the present, or God's will in the future, or all three at once. Who better to tell us the will of God than God himself, God's Son, Jesus Christ? And what is the will that he reveals to us? He cleared away for the people all the misunderstandings of his law, but he also cleared away the misunderstandings of salvation. His will was that he would be our substitute. That he would live in our place. That he would take the punishment our sins deserve. Not only would he be our attorney, on judgment day he'll be our judge. I love that. Our intercessor, the great prophet, Jesus Christ. He's not only your and my attorney, he's our judge. We know how that court case is going to go. And so as we look at our text, the gospel according to St. Mark today, we see the authority of the word of God. And the word of God is Jesus Christ. He is the word. Apart from him, nothing was made. It is he who spoke the words, let there be light. And there was light. Such power and authority. Jesus went about it and he went to the places where he would be the most likely to be able to preach his very word. To clarify the misunderstandings, the synagogue was the forerunner of our local congregation. In fact, a lot of our service is based on what happened in the synagogue. Our setup is based on, our, our physical building structure based on what happened at the synagogue. And while he is preaching, there's this demon-possessed man who gets up and, and admits Jesus is the Holy One of God. This is the prophet. This is the one who is God. He is holy. It's His holiness that we're credited with. And what does Jesus tell him? Literally, if we translate the inspired Greek, be gagged. And come out of him. You notice the demon comes out with a shriek, but it doesn't talk anymore. Such is the power of God. I've been around devil worshipers. I've been around Christians who are confused and they think that judgment day there's going to be this great battle. There is not. You see, the war has already been won. When our prophet, the Word, died upon the cross and he said, It is finished, it was finished. And he had silenced the devil, the devil has been defeated. Because the devil's chain of hold on you is your and my sins. But the blood of our prophet, of our priest, Jesus Christ, washes them away. The word will say, separate the believers from the unbelievers. And so it will be. Such is the power. There's an authority behind that because he is God. And so every time Jesus spoke, he was speaking the word of God. But he was speaking it to clarify, to comfort, to give security. And we're told that the people were amazed at his teaching there in the synagogue. He was continually teaching them as one who has authority. is a literal translation of the Greek. Continually. Not every now and then he hit it right. He had the authority all the time. And we're told that is not as the Greek word is scribes. They were experts in the law. Why? Because these were the guys who copied the scriptures. At that time, they have all the, what we call the Old Testament. The New Testament's unfolding before their eyes. So if you spent, they didn't just run to a copy machine. If you spent your days, half your day, writing out a manuscript, if you will, you're going to become pretty proficient in knowing it. And yet, like somebody on the journey who stops and focuses at one flower on the side of the road and misses all of Yellowstone, for example, and all of its natural wonders and all the things you can see, even misses the road. The scribes had missed the forest from the trees, full of their own opinions, full of popular opinion, missing the whole point of the Old Testament. If you read the Old Testament and do not see that God is saying the Savior is coming, the Savior is coming, the one with my word is coming, you've missed it. And of course, the authority, uh, because he is God, using the scriptures to explain that they all testified about him. The people did what? They turned to his very word. They looked at the scriptures and said, man, this is right. What authority he has. He has. Authority that tells you at your baptism and ever since, I have purchased and won you. I have forgiven you. You are mine. You are going to heaven. And he means it. He shares this authority with believers. He gives us the binding and loosing key. The binding key when you tell somebody you're embracing this sin more than you love God and the Holy Spirit is leaving your heart. This sin is not forgiven. It is bound to them. And he gives us the loosing key. You have repented of your sin, it is forgiven, and it is gone forever. You can say that to your neighbor, to your children, to your family, and Jesus is standing behind you saying, that is my word, it is so, the sin is gone. Visitors sometimes get bothered by the absolution of our sin. As a called servant of the Lord and by His authority, I forgive you all your sins. But it's Jesus Christ who is saying, who's giving it the seal of approval and the authority. We're just the messenger. There's a problem, though. With all the authority of the Word of God, our sinful nature still doesn't want to hear it. We want to add to it. We want to twist it. We'll run and believe anything but the Word of God. An example of that, I believe it was uh, Monday night. I got a, a, a little news flash on my tablet. Apparently, it was like five years ago, this five-year-old boy had claimed he had died and gone to heaven. This isn't the popular one that they're making movies about, but it was popular at the time. Nice 10 or 11 years old, comes out and admits it's a hoax. People rush to buy his book. It saddens me because there's another one out they've made a movie about. I've never read it. I don't know if it's true or not. But that's not where I'm going to put my eggs, is it? That's not the basket I'm going to depend on. God's Word is the Word of Jesus. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. There is one author of the Bible, although he used many men. It's the Holy Spirit. He retained those men's styles and their gifts, but he made sure that the words were correct. God's Word tells me when you die, you go to the presence of God. That is heaven. And anybody who has a vision of heaven, who is not in the presence of God, well, they're acting against the Word of God, aren't they? I would rather just put my trust in the Word of God. Other people's accounts may be true, they may not. But what I have in the Bible, God has inspired with His Holy Spirit, and I can trust in it. It has all of His authority. The Apostle Paul had this problem with the Galatians, though. He was an apostle. He was called by God to share the Word. But after he left... Some people, they were known as Judaizers, came back and they said, oh, Paul hadn't given you the full gospel. There were other things you have to learn. Jesus did all the work for you, except you've also got to be circumcised. And you can't eat bacon. And you've got to stay away from shellfish. And they're claiming that they're working with Paul. Paul catches wind of it. That's our epistle lesson. Listen, he says, who has bewitched you? I I made it clear to you, Jesus, with all of His authority and His word, He did all the work, and you let somebody pull the wool over your eyes. It doesn't matter whether you feel saved or not. God's word with its authority says, I put my Holy Spirit in your heart through that word. You are saved. You'll have days you're sad. You'll have days you're happy. Not you've made the right decisions. Not you've acted holy enough or given enough offerings. I... Jesus Christ, the Son, have done the work. I sent my Holy Spirit and sent somebody to proclaim that word to you, and my Holy Spirit worked through that word to convince you, to give you the faith. So what does the Apostle Paul say to those Galatians who sadly have been bamboozled? But even if we are an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. And he says that with all the authority of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ, because that is the salvation that the Bible teaches. That is the salvation Jesus taught and can make sure is still taught to this day. Oh, yes, but he repeats that in a different way, just in case. The one you accepted, the one, what he means by the one that the Holy Spirit worked through, the message that Jesus has done all the work. He says, as we've already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Jesus is the prophet, and his word is the inspired word of God. It is the word of your salvation, and that is great news. When Jesus says, I have forgiven your sins, if your sinful nature says, but, the new man in you can say, you butt out of this. My high prophet, my Savior has spoken, and with all his authority, I know my sins are forgiven. And he gives you that authority. When you show others their sin, and you show them their Savior who has removed their sin, Jesus is standing right behind you saying, that is my word. Amen. And so we rejoice as we see the authority of the word of God. It is God's promise to you. It is God's power for you. God uses you to share that promise, and it has all of his power. Amen.